0: Someone say receiving grace. Romans chapter 5 and verse 17. Romans 5 and 17. It says for if because of one man's trespass. That reigned through that one man much more. Someone say much more. Will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man Jesus Christ. So last week we started talking about receiving grace, how that the Bible says that the grace of God that brings salvation Titus 2, 11 has appeared unto all teaching us, training us that we should do certain things and then telling us that we're waiting for a blessed hope and then Jesus gave himself to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify from himself a people for his own possession that are zealous for good works. Titus 2.14 so we see that the appearing and the coming of grace has brought us to a place where we are better off. Someone say better off. Say grace did not come. Say to your neighbor, say grace did not come to make me worse off. Grace came to make me better. So the grace that you and I should receive is a grace that will put us in a better position. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me read Romans 5, 17 for you in the Passion Translation. So he says, let me start from verse 16. It says, and this free flowing gift imparts to us much more than what was given to us through the one who sinned. Let me pause there for a while. He said, there is a free-flowing gift that does much more than, that does much more through Christ than through the one who sinned. And this free-flowing gift imparts to us much more than what was given to us through the one who sinned. So the one who sinned Gave us something, imparted something on us. But then another one came, which was a free-flowing gift. But this one now imparted much more than what the one who sinned did. Do you understand that analogy? It says, so for because of one transgression, we are all facing a death sentence with a verdict of guilty. He said, but this gracious gift leaves us free from our many failures and brings us into the perfect righteousness of God. Acquitted with the words, not guilty. Then he says, death once held us in its grip. Verse 17. And by the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. He says, but now, How much more are we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life, enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus, the Messiah. In the one and only Jesus. So he says there was a time that you and I were trapped in the pangs of death, we were trapped in death through the offense of one man, Adam. That through that offense, we were doomed for life. Through that offense, we had no hope. Through that offense, we were in a place where there was nothing that was going to work for us. Through that offense. He said, but then, one man came again. And through his death, through his death, held us in a grip of grace. And that grip puts us in a position where we continue to reign in life. It says that one man is Jesus. And then in verse 18, it says, in other words, just as condemnation came upon all people through one transgression, so through one righteous act of Jesus, sacrifice of jesus's sacrifice the perfect righteousness that makes us right with god and leads us to his victorious life is now available to all so something happened to adam it affected all of humanity and puts us in a position where we cannot receive anything we have to pay for it there has to be the sacrifice. There had to be the bulls and the goats and ram and all those things through Adam. But then Jesus came and perfected one sacrifice once and for all for every one of us. And then we, we, we didn't have to bring the goats again and all that. It says that victorious life is now available. Not just to one but to everyone. Not just to the one who is a pastor or a teacher. No, but to everyone. So, pastor, are you saying that that grace is available to the guy who right now has his gun with him and is going to rob? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Are you saying the grace is available available right now to those people that rigged the election? Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's available. Don't be angry with them. It's available. Are you saying if they after rigging and they just go ahead and say Lord Jesus I receive this grace that brings salvation he will forgive them yes sadly yes he said that grace has appeared to all it means where the grace stands it stands in a place where all men can see it everyone can look at it everyone can see it but then the question is How many are receiving of it? The fact that it's available doesn't mean I have received it. No. I can know something is there but not partake of it. It's just like the Bible. There are many promises in scripture. So the one that makes sense to you, the one that profits you, is not because it is written. It is because you know that it is written. And you have received what is written. Scripture will work for you, not because it is there. Scripture will work for you when it becomes a revelation. And that revelation is receiving. That's when it begins to work for you. So the same way the grace of God does does, brush salvation has appeared to everyone. But it only becomes effective when you receive what has been given to you. And what has been given to you has been given to you freely. You don't have to pay anything for it. Verse 19, it says, One man's disobedience opened the door for all humanity to become sinners. So also one man's obedience opened the door for many to be made perfectly right with God and acceptable to him. So this is the way the Holy Spirit explained it to me. That look, there was a time. Can I have two volunteers? Can you come? Another guy. Victor, come. Alright, so this is this is adam stand this is jesus come all right so the summary of my life is that my life this is what we're taught right that my life started from here oh we all came from adam which is good and beautiful all right so this is adam is the father of humanity all right So everything Adam did affected me. So as long as what Adam has done is affecting me, my path becomes crooked. My walk and journey in life becomes crooked. So each time I remember the grip of sin and poverty and pain that is holding me, I look to Adam. I say, but why? But I keep going. There's nothing I can do. It has been determined by what he's done. So one man's disobedience cost me to be like this. So I keep going in life like this. And remembering. So the position, listen to me, this is very powerful. The position I'm taking is as a result of the remembrance of the disobedience of who? So I'm going in life bent over because it reminds me that someone has disobeyed and because of that I'm like this so I keep going in life then somewhere along the line I meet this person he tells me that he's Jesus the son of the most high God he has come to save me to redeem me and I say Bros, well done I heal and then I keep going and then he's following me and telling me that look I've come to save you come and preach like a preacher just keep talking to me I've come to save you demonstrate and all that but I keep going I said no and each time I turn back and I say Adam but why and I keep going the grace of God has brought salvation that grace come 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 that grace will follow me It will keep going no matter how bent I am. The fact that I'm still bent does not mean the grace is not there. But that grace will keep following me, trying to straighten me over, doing everything. But I look back to Adam and I say, Adam, why? And and his grace is telling me, no, Adam is no longer there. I am the one there. Then Jesus did something. He went in front of Adam and stood there and said, go, just stand and say go keep going and then we're going he's no longer there and each time I turn back I'm no longer seeing Adam but I begin to see Jesus and I say what's going on Adam are you still there but I can't see you I see a figure and then I straighten up again Adam I can't see you I see a figure and each time I look back I see Jesus I see his blood I see his sacrifice and that strengthens me strengthens me. It gives me hope and gives me faith. And then I walk through life and I say no I'm more than a conqueror. He that is born of God has overcome the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world because I'm no longer seeing myself after the similitude of Adam but the last Adam That becomes my reference point. That becomes the point when I look back. So each time life happens to me. And I want to say. It's because of my forefather Abraham. No, Jesus stands there. Say Abraham is no longer your forefather. I am now your forefather. As I look. I become like him. Not like Adam anymore. The grace of God. That has brought salvation. Has appeared to me. So what I'm doing. I'm receiving that grace. I'm receiving that grace. And each time I receive. Receive the grace. Strength comes within me. Strength comes. Then I can face life. And face anything. Because the picture I have now. Is no longer Adam. But Jesus. Come and shout hallelujah. Thank you. That's the picture that I have. What Jesus did. That's why they said that much more than what Adam did. There is someone that did something much more that is greater than what Adam did. And my reference point should no longer be Adam. It should be Jesus. So as long as I keep looking to Jesus No matter how bent over I am No matter what life is dealing me at the moment I can tell myself It's only a matter of time As I keep looking to Jesus I will be changed to that perfect image of Jesus No matter what is happening around me The moment I keep my gaze on him My eyes on him Everything around me begins to change So that salvation that he has promised me Begins to manifest Come on It begins to manifest It begins to manifest. It said there was a plan of God in verse 20. That the law was introduced into God's plan. To bring the reality of human sinfulness out of hiding. And yet, wherever sin increased... There was more than enough of God's grace to triumph all. Hallelujah. It says when sin increased, grace stood. So each time Adam was trying to pluck his head and say, see me, see me. It says grace expands and covers it. Adam comes to this side and say, I'm still here. Grace expands and covers it. He said, no, you need to understand I'm your village. People, hey, we're here. Grace says, no, I've covered it. You need to understand that your father did this somewhere and it's affecting you. Grace expands and covers it. Each time. Each time. He said there was more than enough of God's grace to triumph all. Triumph all the more. then it says and just as sin reigned through death so also this sin conquering grace this sin conquering grace will reign as king through righteousness imparting eternal life through Jesus our Lord and Messiah I like the phrase sin conquering grace Sin conquering grace. So, what does it mean to receive this grace? If it has appeared, how do I know that I'm receiving this grace? How do I know? I'll give you a few things. Number one, what it means to receive this grace is that it means I must recognize that I'm not the supplier. I cannot make myself perfect. I'm not the supplier. So each time you see yourself as the supplier of this grace, then you're putting yourself in a position of not receiving that grace. Each time you see that it's by your walks, that you have to bring again the blood of bulls and goats and make those sacrifices, then you are telling yourself that you are the supplier of that grace. So you need to recognize when things happen to you, when life begins to happen to you, come to a place where you recognize I'm not the supplier. I didn't die for myself. I can't save myself. Someone died for me. Someone saved me. Hebrews 10 verse 1 says for sins the law has but a shadow of good things to come instead of the true form of these realities. Said it can never by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year make perfect those who draw near so each time you draw near to the throne of grace and you come with your sacrifices to offer to redeem yourself how do i mean by sacrifices to offer to redeem yourself you you you, you say things like oh god i'm not worthy i'm not i'm not i'm not holy enough oh god i i, I don't think you can use me you don't understand the grace of god And you say to yourself that I don't think I qualify for this or qualify for that because of this, because of that in my life. You don't understand the grace of God. It says they can never by the same sacrifices that are continually offered year after year make those who draw near perfect. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. Come on. It's not your own doing. There's nothing you did. Oh, I fasted and prayed. That's why I got saved. No way, no way, no way. Grace showed up. It's not your own doing. It is the gift of God. It is God's gift. So you recognize that you are not the supplier. You cannot make yourself perfect. Number two, it means I must recognize that I have been shortlisted to partake. I've been shortlisted. You need to get to that point where you tell yourself I am part of those that God has chosen to bless. I'm a royal priesthood. A holy nation. I've chosen and set apart. You need to recognize that that's who you are. That I'm on the list. My name is on the list of grace recipients. Those who are to receive this grace my name is there. My name is there. Romans 5.18 in the Passion Translation it says In other words just as condemnation came upon all people through one transgression so through one righteous act of Jesus' sacrifice the perfect righteousness that makes us right with God and leads us to a victorious life now available to all. So but one list came out. He said that list is from those who came from Adam. And that list people's name were there. So through one transgression everybody's name came on one list. Then he says another man wrote another list with his blood and moved everybody to that list. And says this is now the new list. So I must recognize that there is a new list, and my name is there. Grace recipients, number one: Joel Udebi. Put your name there. Grace recipient. So each time you approach the throne of grace, you see your name there. Nothing disqualifies you. You see your name there. You see yourself there. Satan tries to tell you this or tell you that. You say, no, my name is on that list. Who are those people that the Lord will bless today? You say, Lord, my name is there. Pastor comes and declares this week it's going to be a blessed week. He Say, that's my name. I'm on that list. You don't separate yourself from it. You put yourself on the list. You put yourself there. I have been added to that list by his blood. By his blood. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 14 says, For the love of God controls us, it compels us. Because we have concluded this that one has died for all, therefore, all have died. He said, We've concluded that this is the conclusion of the whole matter. Since one person died for everyone, then we are all dead. Since one person gave his life for everyone, then we are saved. We've concluded. He said, and he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for the one who for the sake, for their sake, died and was raised. Ah, he said, the reason that your name is on the list is not even because of you. It's because of the one who died for you. He said, that's the reason so you are no longer living for yourself so your attitude to life is not because of the things you want to get or the things you want to have you are not serving Jesus because of what he can give to you you are serving him because it is no longer I that lives but Christ that lives in me it says the life that I now live I live by the faith of the son of God who gave himself for me who loved me and gave himself for me so that becomes the life that I live That becomes the life that I live. It becomes that life. So I'm no longer living for myself. I recognize that look, though I'm, I'm on that list, my name is there, but the reason he's doing so, the reason he's doing so is because his life is flowing through me. 2 Corinthians 5, let's go to verse, verse 16. 2 Corinthians 5, 16 he says if you understand this and you have this perspective what will you do he said the one who died for us and now lives again he says so from now on someone say from now on he said from this time forth from this place of revelation forth from this time on we refuse To evaluate people merely by their outward appearance. He said, for that's how we once viewed the anointed one. So we were viewing it through the eyes of Adam. He said, but now we are refusing to see anyone after the flesh. Because there's a new list. There's a new life that has come. And we are seeing now through the eyes of that life, which is Christ. He said, but no longer do we see him with limited human insight that's where your faith comes in when you're walking and you're still bent over and you look back and something tells you that the salhut of the image you're seeing is adam is something that is just blocking it faith tells you that you're looking at jesus faith tells you that your eyes is on jesus Faith tells you that it's not what Adam did that is affecting you. It's the fact that you've not come to the knowledge that Christ has set you free. You've not come to the acceptance that grace has been made available for you and you need to partake from it. You've not come to that knowledge. So faith steps in at that point. It is true faith that we receive. True faith, I'm bent over, but faith tells me I can receive what he has done for me. Faith tells me. So my name is on that list. Tell someone my name is on that list. Number three, it means I must recognize life in place of death. I must recognize life in place of death. The only way to defeat sin is to introduce grace. That's the only way. To defeat sin is to introduce grace. And that's what, uh, that's what the, uh, God did. The only way to defeat sin is not to tell the children of Israel, don't sin again. He did that. What came out of it? He gave them the commandments. The very day He gave them the commandment, they they turned it upside down. So the only way to defeat sin is to introduce grace. And that's what God did. He introduced grace. So I must recognize life in the place of death. In verse 20 of Romans chapter 5, the Passion Translation, it says, So then the law was introduced into God's plan to bring the reality of human sinfulness out of hiding. And yet, wherever sin increased, there was more than enough of God's grace to triumph all the more. And just as sin reigned through death, so also this sin conquering grace. So it's a grace equipped to conquer sin. So to deal with it, God introduced grace. He said, as sin begins to expand, God introduced more grace. More grace. He said, so also this sin conquering grace will reign as king through Righteousness imparting eternal life through Jesus our Lord and Savior John 6 and 63 Jesus said it is the spirit that profits the flesh doesn't profit anything so we're not knowing anyone after the flesh and he said the words that I speak to you they are spirit and they are life so I recognize that I speak life in the place of death so when situations happen around you what are you saying are you speaking life in place of death? If you are speaking life, you are receiving grace. But if you are speaking death, you are holding on to what Adam has done. To what Adam has done. Someone say, I speak life. No matter the circumstance. I speak life. 2 Corinthians 4.13, it says, since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we speak. We also believe and so we speak 2 Corinthians 4.13 Let's go there. I want to read something to you. The Passion Translation says we have the same spirit of faith that is described in the scriptures. When it says first I believed then I spoke in faith. It says so we also first believe." Then we speak in faith. In verse 14, now says we do this because we are convinced that he who raised Jesus will raise us up with him and together we will all be brought into his presence. He says, yes, all things work for your enrichment so that more of God's marvelous grace will spread to more and more people, resulting in an even greater increase of praise to God, bringing Him even more glory. What saying, in essence, is that, look, when God's grace begins to be lavished on you, lavished in your life, what happens at the end of the day? People see you and they see that grace. So through you, more and more people, will be receiving of this grace. Through you, more and more people will enjoy this grace. Through you, more and more people will benefit of this grace. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. He said, I believe and therefore I spoke. He said, so the reason we speak is because we are convinced. So if you're not convinced, you can't boldly declare. So he brings you to the place of conviction. And in that conviction, you begin to speak life. In that conviction, you begin to declare life. In place of death. So when things are not looking the way they should, get to the place of conviction. In that place of conviction, as you begin to speak life, you are receiving grace. So things are not looking the way they should. And you step into your house, step into your environment. And you say, oh, I don't just understand why in this house there's no food all the time. No, you're not receiving grace. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night. walk. My wife used to ask me, that, why do you just walk around in the night? Just walking around everywhere in the house. She doesn't know what I'm doing. I enter the store. This is true life. I enter the store. I open the door. Be filled with all good things. Nothing lacks in this place. I'm telling you. I open the freezer. Say you, everything here be filled tomatoes enter chicken enter fish enter that it happens and that's the way i've been living open everywhere the refrigerator why is this place empty we have fill up fill up fill up in the name of jesus fill up fill up things coming good things go to my sitting room furniture change tv change this one change that one change i begin to speak like because i'm convinced there's something convincing me. So I'm not speaking because of wishful thinking. No. After I've stayed enough in the place of prayer and I begin to see things and God is showing me and I look in the place of prayer, close my eyes and I see mansion and I look and I say, ah, but I'm still in this two bedroom. Ah, ah, ah. Close it again. You know, there's some dreams you dream. When you open your eyes, China dream. Yeah, sleep, 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 sleep. So that you will continue to dream. When you're in the place of prayer, that's what happens. God begins to show you things, you see things and you are like in a happy place but then you open your eyes Kai, it's still this one bedroom Chai. well what did man go do? no, it's not what did man go do it's at that point when you are convinced of what he has said to you you are convinced of the price that he has paid you speak life speak life to the things around you you speak life you create your own environment that's where you are receiving grace. Because that grace has appeared. It has appeared. So whether you see it or not, it's no longer the grace's problem. It is your is your lucry. <laughs> you understand my grammar. It's your ability to see. And you see through the eyes of faith. So he says, we first believe and then we sp- we, we spoke so, you and I, we have the same spirit of faith. That spirit of faith is telling us that, look, once we have believed and we are convinced, we speak. I say, Pastor, but I've been speaking. It's not changing. It's not changing. I've been speaking. It's not changing. It's not changing. I've been speaking. It's not changing. Do you know there are certain things I spoke and spoke and speck and it looked like I what again? I spunk and it looked like it wasn't going to change but guess what there is nothing that I've put as a faith project in the hand of God that has not changed most of the time we usually give God timeline and then we say things like the deadline has passed who gave the deadline for certain things to happen who gave the deadline You say it has delayed. How did it delay? How are you sure that the time is supposed to come is the time you want it? How are you so sure? You say it has delayed. Have you not asked yourself the things that delayed and that God eventually showed up for you, showed up at the right time, and that it didn't matter if it came earlier, but that time it showed up is God's time. Have you not thought about it? So when you say something is delaying, the question is, how did you actually know that the time is right for something? How did you know? Say, God, you know what, all my mates are married. How do you know that you are actually delayed? Have you gone to the future to see your married life and then come back and know that you are delayed? Sir? Timekeeper? say God time they go. They go where? Where is the time going to? Number four. It means I must recognize that not only is victory available but that victory is mine. A lot of times people tell you that ah, Yo, I know God can do everything. There's nothing that God cannot do. We think God knows no, if do do, no day. Yes, I know. But this case is serious. You recognize that there's victory available. But to receive grace is to know that that victory that is available is mine. That victory that is there is mine. We know that Jesus can. But we don't know if he can do it for us. We know that God is able but we don't know if he's able in our case. We know that he's almighty God but we don't know if he's mighty in our case. To receive grace is to both know that he's able and able for us. That he's almighty and almighty for us. That's how to receive grace. John eleven twenty one. Martha said to Jesus My Lord If only you had come sooner, my brother wouldn't have died. That's somebody who thought that Jesus was late. That's what somebody who thought that Jesus delayed. He said, Master, if, if, my Lord, if only you had come sooner, my brother wouldn't have died. He says, But I know that if you were to ask, God for anything, he will do it for you. We know the future will be better. But we are not having the faith to determine that you'll be better now. But we can say, don't worry, tomorrow I will be rich. But you don't have the faith to say, Lord, wealth and riches in my house now. He says, I know that if you ask God for anything, Ah, God will do it for you. said jesus told her your brother will rise and live." he said yes so yes so in fact on the resurrection day we know that he will rise jesus said you don't understand me that i'm in front of you now i am the resurrection and the life so we believe that god is able but we don't believe that he's able for us we believe that someday in the future, God will just make my life better. But you don't know, you don't believe that now, through a process, now, the resurrection and the life now is here. He said, ah, yes, I know he will rise with everyone else. That's what will happen in the future. One day, one day, it go better. That's what will happen in the future. I know he will rise with everyone else on the resurrection day. Matter. Jesus said, no reason, I'm no reason. Now. Jesus said, you don't have to wait until then. He says, I am the resurrection and I am the life eternal. Anyone who clings to me now in faith, even though he dies, will live forever. He says, you don't have to wait till then. It's a matter. I know that I'm God Almighty. I know that I'm well able for everyone. I know that grace has appeared to everyone. But grace is standing right here before you now. And that grace is saying, I'm available. Receive from me. I'm available. Stretch your hand and receive from me. I'm standing right here in front of you. It says, And the one who lives by believing in me will never die. And then he asked Mother a question. Do you believe this? And that's the question I'm asking today. Do you believe this? Do you believe that grace is not just available, but it is yours? Do you believe that the battle may be tough, but do you believe that grace is there for you to receive it even in dark times? Do you believe that the best of days are not behind you, but they are ahead of you? Do you believe that grace speaks more for you than judgment? Do you believe that you are in a better season now and your path is shining brighter and brighter? Do you believe that you have you are received this abundant grace and that you are bound to reign in life? Do you believe it? That's what Jesus said to Martha. He says you don't have to wait until then. Right now. I'm the resurrection and the life eternal. Stand to your feet. I am the resurrection and I'm the life eternal. You don't have to wait until then. Receive that grace now. Receive that grace now. It will make all the difference in your life. Lift your hands to heaven. And say, Lord, I receive your grace. That grace that has brought salvation. I receive it. I'm a partaker of that grace. What's mine is mine. Just like matter, Jesus is asking you, do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life? Do you believe that I'm here now? Do you believe that grace is available to supply and to meet your every need right now? Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? Lift your hands to him and say, Lord, I believe. I receive all that grace. Has brought for me. I receive all that grace has brought for me. Come and lift your voice and talk to your Father. I receive all that grace has brought for me. Everything that grace has brought for me is mine. I position to receive it now. I position to receive it now in my health, in my family, on my job, my business, my career. I position. To receive all that grace has brought for me. I receive it now. I look to Jesus. I look to Jesus and not to Adam. I receive all that grace has brought for me now. Come and lift your voice. And talk to him. Say, Father, I am positioned right now. To receive everything that grace has brought for me. I am positioned to receive everything that grace has brought for me. I believe In the abundance of this grace, I believe that I reign in life. I believe that grace speaks more for me than judgment. I believe that I'm ahead and not behind. I believe that though things may be tough, but grace is working for me. I believe that I'm in a better season i am than i was before i believe that my path is shining brighter and brighter i believe that grace is working for me i believe that things are turning around for me in my home on my job my business everything that grace has brought complete soteria nothing missing nothing lacking nothing broken i believe and i receive it I believe and I receive it, I know. That he's not just God of all the earth. But he's God in my life. He's God in my finances. He's God in my home. He's God in my business. He's God in my family. He's God in my children. He's God all around me. He's God now. That's what I believe. And I receive of this grace. I receive of this grace. I receive of this grace. In the name of Jesus. I receive of this grace. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingswood Ministries International. For information about Kingswood Ministries, visit us at kingswood.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.